0: there. Welcome to the River of Portland Church. Glad you tuned in today for our podcast. Today Brother Roy McGregor gives a great message about the reason for the season, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has a plan for each one of us. He loves you so much that before you even were born, He knew exactly what you were capable of, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can achieve that which would seem impossible to most and even yourself, if you would rely and have faith in Him. We come on a, against the Christmas season here, and as you get together with your families, hug them real tight, and let them know how much you love them, and you go out and you interact with other people in the world this holiday season, share the gospel with them, the good news, the grace of our Lord and Savior. They will never be the same. God bless you. Have a great and merry Christmas. Can't wait to see you. Come and join us Sunday live for our sermons here. Uh, we get started at 11 o'clock for our main service. or Sunday school is at 10 o'clock. We know that you'd be blessed and we'd love to see you. So come and join us. Until then... God loves you and we love you. So just enjoy it.
1: When I think of how he came so far from A and dwelt among the lowly Such as I To suffer pain And such disgrace On Mount Calvary To my place Then I asked myself this question, who am I? Not my will, thy Lord. The answer I may never know why he ever loved me so. But to an old rugged cross, he would go for. Done, to deserve God's only Son, to fight my battles until they won. For who am I? Oh, who am I that the King? would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would pray, not my will die, Lord? The answer I may To an old rugged cross He would go For who am I? He would go Back to an old rugged cross He would go
2: never imagine what it could take that this god of all creation would take my place and he died so that i might live
1: <laughs> well it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas
2: everywhere we go. Take a look in the five and ten; it's glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store, here it comes. But the nativity scene where Christ was born is hardly to be seen on our own front door. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is the most wonderful time of the year. By far my favorite season. I never knew about the snow. I I was raised in South Africa. Never saw snow in all my life till I was an adult. I love the Christmas trees. Oh, they're so pretty. I still go for the fake ones. They're easier to clean up. (laughs) I love the decorations. And Benedict spends hours and hours and days decorating that Christmas tree. I just love it. I love Santa. I love the elves. And I love the story of all these things. I love Christmas. Did I tell you that? When I came, many, many years ago, I was so excited about this wonderful story and this wonderful country. Christmas is a story for humanity. Some will say, "Well, I don't like it too much. It's too commercialized. Anybody, have you heard somebody say that? And maybe it is true. To a lot of people, it's more about just receiving the gifts. Well, Christmas is about giving too. But the real reason for the season, if we see the meaning of Christmas, you will agree with me, this is the greatest season of the human race, Christ coming to us. Christmas, a lot of times they put an X before the Mass. Have you seen it? Ah, we don't delete Christ from the mass. He is Christ for the masses. This is why we put christ mass. Yet John 3.16 put Christmas in perspective. John 3.16 it says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Christmas Is about giving. God gave us his very best. John 15 says, and Brother Greg just sang the song, Greater love had no man than this, that the man lay down his life for his friend. I was all excited going to my daughter's Elementary School Christmas Play. This was so many years ago in, in the Goodreadsville Elementary. And Benedetta and myself, we dressed up the part. We want to be part of this culture, you know. We're coming from South Africa. Melissa is just a little girl. And there they, they came on stage and she was smiling this big. I said, Bernadette, sit down. There's a hundred kids there. And they were singing about uh, Rudolph. I didn't know Rudolph, I didn't know reindeers and that. I read about it in the books, but here they sang about uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and I was just jolly going around and Santa is coming to town and I, they sang all this beautiful song about a white Christmas I never knew about and I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting for the true meaning of Christmas. I wanted them to sing a song, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. It never happened. I wanted to sing the song of Silent Night. Oh, Holy Night. That beautiful night when Christ was born. It never happened. Hark the herald angel sings. Glory to a newborn king. Let me tell you, the promise of a Savior was made before the world began. God had a plan to redeem man from sin. Isaiah 9.6 9 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called, say it with me, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We must remember that the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament. And this is why I am reading as well from the Old Testament because the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. It never ceases to amaze me that so many so-called scholars of the Word, they're trying to contradict and find errors with the flawless Word of God. Our mom used to say, The best part of telling the truth is that you don't have to remember what you said. (laughs) And it is so with the Bible as well. It is a simple rule of order. Prophecy, fulfillment, and recollection. God first tells us, and He promises us things that will be done. And then He does it. Let me tell you, God is a promise-keeping God. And then he reminds us of his promise and he brings it to the letter. This is true also with the birth of Christ. The real meaning of Christmas is Christ coming to this earth. Isaiah 7 verse 4 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. The first mention of the coming Messiah is found in the book of Genesis 3:15. After Adam failed and disappointed and fell into sin, And God said unto Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. When Adam fell and gave dominion that God gave him over to Satan, God already had a plan, made a way and escape for us. Somebody say, Christmas is coming. Normally we don't talk about the seed of a woman. But let me tell you, no man was involved in the begotten son of God's holy son, Jesus. God also said that the soul that sinners shall surely die. And because of death, of sin, death came into this world. And God... Is just and faithful to His Word. When Adam gave over dominion that God gave him. Remember, God gave Adam dominion over the creation and Adam had to name all the animals. A man, or must I say a spirit, in a body. This was Adam. But the old devil, as cunningly as he is and deceiving as he is, he possessed the body of a serpent And deceived Adam. I want you to pay close attention. He deceived Adam and stole the authority from him. But God has promised that he himself will come. And rightfully take back the authority that Satan stole from Adam. Jesus had to come as a man. To be the rightful to his word. And the authority to take back that authority. God was looking through and fro the earth. For someone to bring forth his son. I heard somebody sang a song and said, Lord, if you're looking for somebody to praise you and worship you, look my way. <laughs> Our God was looking for someone that he could trust to bring forth his son. It is important for us to notice that Jesus did not have a biologically earthly father. Isaiah 6 says, A child is born... This is his mother. A son is given. This is his father. We must understand that no earthly sinful blood ever entered into the bloodstream of Jesus. A woman, when she is when she conceives, her blood never mixes with the blood of the baby. Did you know that? Not a single little anthem of blood ever mixes with the blood of the baby that she carries. The woman provides the fetus with all the nutrients elements for the developing of the new life, but all the blood forms in the embryo itself. This is just a little bit medical history that I researched. From the time of conception, not a single drop of blood ever passes from the mother to the child. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It is pure. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It is precious. It is divine. It is the blood of Jesus that can wash away all the vileness of every sinner and make Him free and clean and whole again. Somebody says, Oh, the blood of Jesus that washes away the sin of the world. Somebody, come on, say Christmas has come. Amen. Christmas is here and we can celebrate it. Luke 1.35 says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of god god was looking through and fro the earth and he found a young girl that was faithful that found favor with god a little girl that was engaged to be married by the name of mary The angel said unto her, Fear not, you have found favor with God. He will bring forth a son and, and he shall be the son of the Most High. And Mary said, How can this be? I've never been with a man. The Holy Spirit said, The Holy Spirit shall overshadow you and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. I just wonder, just for a minute, if we had to make a choice where the son of the most high God should be born. Surely, maybe we should have looked at a house of aristocrats. People with servants everywhere at every need to attend to this newborn king. Not God's son. Jesus had to be taken care of. He had to be fed. He had to be clean. He had to be attended to 24-7. Moms you know, dads you know. It's not easy to raise a child. Not God. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8, God speaking, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We would have thought totally different, but not God. He gives every man an opportunity to come to baby Jesus from the poorest house to the white house, and we see it nowadays kings will bow, every knee shall bow. And God chose just an ordinary little girl that was found favored with God, engaged to a man called Joseph. And God chose a lowly place, Bethlehem, and in a stable he chose his son to be born. Sign I give unto you, a baby wrapped in clothes laying in a manger. And suddenly the Bible says, among the shepherds that was watching the fields at night, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom he has favored. I was waiting for that song to be sung that day in that school. Elementary, Goodlisville Elementary School, 20 years ago, it never came up. I wanted them to sing about the angels that announced and said, Now unto you, a king is born. Rejoice, O world, that will bring peace and favor to you. The greatest event happened 2,000 years ago in a little city called Bethlehem when Christ was born. What the Romans couldn't do. What the Greeks of those years couldn't do. Baby Jesus did 2,000 years ago. When Jesus was born, God turned back the calendar. And He gave man a new beginning. And this is why we write 1997 years soon. We're going to write 2020 when Jesus was born. God turned back the calendar. Thank God that He has given me a new opportunity and a new chance. Nobody could do it but that little baby in Bethlehem. This is why we write and we say before Christ, be say. After Christ, he changed everything. Joseph, a righteous young man, when Mary told him, I'm pregnant, what an excuse. Who is it? Man, you know what. Don't look so innocent. You know you've never been with your wife and she tells you she's pregnant. And here Mary comes with an excuse. God may me pregnant. <laughs> and this man, Joseph, I admire him a lot. I think about him a lot. He was just a man of peace. Thank you for reading that scripture. And he said, I'm going to put away my fiancée. He loved her. He didn't want to bring shame on here. It was a death sentence, you must remember. This is in the olden days a woman that got this. She could have, he could have gone to the, the, uh, the high courts and they could have found her guilty. But he said, I'm going to put her away privately. What a man. God had to deal with him too. Be not afraid. I bring good news. It will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior is born unto you, the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Joseph had to put away his rightful desires for a period of time when God visited him. This was his espoused bride. He was excited about her. ladies, let me tell you, we are excited about our ladies and our women in our lives. We treasure you. We love you. We keep you this side, close to our hearts. And Joseph was no different than me. He was just a man like me and you. But he had to put everything that he planned for a while on the back burner so that God could fulfill his will through his life and Mary's life. What a wonderful story. Among the lowly, stable among the lowly of the animals, the cattle, Christ our Savior was born that night. We don't read much about Jesus after his birth. But the story picks up when he was 12 years old. They went to Jerusalem. It was Mary. It was Joseph. And it was Jesus. They took that yearly trip to Jerusalem. Jesus was 12 years old. And after the feast and the festival, he didn't go back with the caravan. He was now in between. He could decide, and I, that's another message that I can preach on. He could decide if he's going with mama, like the little kids, or he can go a little later with the big boys. He's now almost 13 years old. Have you seen somebody that's turning 13? I'm going to be a teenager. I think Jesus was the same. He said, well, I'm going to stay a little longer. He didn't tag along with mama. And, 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 and Joseph thought, Um, he came later, did some dealings. He thought he's with Mama. And he left a day later. They met up together and they said, Where's Jesus? I thought he was with you. No, he's almost 13. He can come with the big boys. No, he didn't come with us. And they came back a day's journey. And they found Jesus in the temple. And I can just imagine. The Bible says... After three days, they found him. That's a long time for a child to be missing. Sitting among the teachers and listening to them and asking them questions. And here it is in verse 47. 47 everybody that heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answer.
1: <laughs>
2: and, and this is just a little bit paraphrasing. I can just imagine as a dad myself, I've dealt a lot with this myself. And, and they, they must have looked at Jesus and looked at his His brilliance of understanding the scripture and everything, and the doctors and the lawyers were amazed at this child, Jesus. And they must have asked him, Son, what is your name? Isn't this the first thing that we would ask? (laughs) Surely. And I think he answered and said, On my mother's side, they call me Jesus. But on my father's side, I am the I am. I am the Prince of Peace. I am the Everlasting Father. This is who I am. Son, how old are you? Well, on my mother's side. (laughs) I'm about 12 years old. But on my father's side, I am the Ancient of Days. I am from everlasting to everlasting. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. This is who Jesus is. Where are you from, young man? Come on, come on. Where are you from? Well, you see, on my mother's side, <laughs> I'm from Nazareth. But on my father's side, I'm from the ivory palaces of heaven. Oh, I'm from the place called heaven where the maker is God, my father, that we have prepared. Who is this Jesus? And I'm not going to keep you longer, but I want to tell you the true meaning of this Christmas season. It's not the little Christmas trees. It's not going to upper land and we enjoy. Thank God that we can celebrate the coming of Christ. I don't know what day it is, but I celebrate the season. Amen. I put Christ back into Christmas because He is the reason for the season. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Christ? He is the only begotten Son of God. John 1, 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the life of all men. Do not take Christmas lightly. This is the promise of the Messiah fulfilled. Can I say Merry Christmas? Don't be distracted by the world emphasis on this holiday that they call it. Happy holidays. I want to say Merry Christmas. Christ for the people. He came and he emptied himself, says the Bible. Philippians two five who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality um, with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in all human likeness. This is very important for you. Being made in all human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He was found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death at the cross. Can I re- re-read this? In the beginning was the Word. The Word of God is Jesus. It's synonymous with the name Jesus. So if I can just read this. And put Jesus in there. Then maybe we can have a good and clear understanding. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. Do you understand the real meaning of Christmas? That God would come to this earth. And give us a chance, a new beginning. Through him all things were made. Who is this Christ? He is God. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. This is the word that I'm reading to you. The Bible says, He emptied Himself out. What does it mean? Let me be clear. The Bible did not say He changed into a human being, but rather He became a human being. He never ceased to be God. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. A lot of people in this world, they see that little baby Jesus. They see Him hanging on the cross. They hear about the story, but they, they look at Him as a mere man, just like them. Let me tell you, God... Jesus was always God. He never became human. He took on the form of a human. He had to shield himself because in his own true reflection, people would never be able to look at him. If You see God, he would die. And he took on the form of a human. And he became like me and you. He hungered. He says, the God of all creation. The one that I just read to you that spoke the world into existence, that made everything, that nothing that was made was without Him. He created them all for His pleasure and His purpose. He now had to depend on a young lady that just a young lady that found favor with Him, that had to feed Him, that to clean Him, that had to tend to Him. Oh, mankind... We have an awesome responsibility that God has placed upon us. You see, in closing, religion is man's way to God. We see this happen every day with these suicide bombers in the east. Their way of reaching to the highness of God, they will never reach it. Christ, Is God's way of reaching to us. Religion is man's way of reaching to God. Christ is God's way of reaching to mankind. When I could not reach to Him, when my sin was too heavy, when I was too weak, when I was on my way to hell, Jesus came and He reached down and He saved me from the miry clay. It was people when Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place. He said, Lord, I don't know where you're going. Jesus said, I am the way. Not Peter, it was Thomas. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm just giving you the word as it is written. Amen. You take it up yourself. You, If you want to dispute anything, you take it up with God. Don't come and tell me. Because I didn't write these things. I'm, I'm the delivering messenger for you. Amen. Today. Just like 2,000 years ago. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Christ made a way 2,000 years ago. After a long journey. They had to go back to their hometown. And, and, and Listen, I can speak upon this for hours and hours. The things about Jesus, we can, we can be here the whole day and you wouldn't want to say, Brother Roy, give me some more, I want to hear more about him. We will never be able to get tired of the good things that we can talk about. There's not books enough that can contain all the things that he has done. So I'm just giving you a little breakdown of things so that we can be in the time frame. Mary, nine months pregnant. Oh, I, I loved it when my wife was pregnant. You can see a woman that is pregnant. It's beautiful. The hair glows, their eyes are wide open, their skin, all the wrinkles out, and they just look pretty. Pregnant women are beautiful. Let me tell you. And then Mary stand there after a long journey on a donkey. In front of the innkeeper. And the innkeeper must have looked at her. Obviously. He saw that she was pregnant. Joseph as well. And he said. Sorry. No place for you. In this same. And just this morning I was thinking. Isn't this what. Society does today. They disregard. That womb. The fruit in the womb the most hated person in this world today is the unborn baby. Not protected. People are writing legislations trying to justify, to kill. I don't want to use the word abort, but to kill that little baby in the mother's womb. 2,000 years ago, it was no different. This man had no compassion about this lady that stands there. They just passed a bill, not a bill, uh, uh, Miss uh, Maggie, in Kentucky, our neighboring state. I don't want to go into political, but this ties up with my message. The courts, the lower courts decided if a girl wants an abortion, the doctors must first let the, the girl or the woman see the ultrasound and the doctors must let her listen to the heartbeat. This is what the lower courts decided. The UCLA and those that is against that little baby, I tell you, they are hunted down. They went to the high court, the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, I'm not going to get involved. Let the lower court's decision stand. And these people were mad. They don't want that heartbeat to be listened to. They don't want to see that that is a life. 2,000 years ago, the same thing happened. They saw this, this Mary standing there, heavy pregnant. But he didn't care a little. He said, no place for you. Baby Jesus, today, He's standing at the door of your heart. And I want to ask you, To let him come in. Merry Christmas. This is the most wonderful time of the year. God bless you. Let us sing a good song there, brother.
1: Terry.